Hey, it's Jason with the Marketing Podcast Network. As a business-to-business marketer, your needs are unique. B2B buying cycles are long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions. Isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you? LinkedIn ads empower marketers with solutions for you and your customers. LinkedIn ads allow you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. On LinkedIn, you'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. Of the 875 million users on the network, 180 million are senior-level executives, 10 million are C-level executives. You will also be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B, and they work. Audiences exposed to brand messages on LinkedIn are six times more likely to convert. LinkedIn Ads is also ranked number one for security, community, and ad experience as part of Business Insider's Digital Trust Study. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN and claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. Freelancing and online marketing often looks ideal from the outside, but what's inside? Many time-consuming challenges. SEMrush offers over 50 tools and reports to assist you in every step of your routine, from competitive and keyword research to link building and technical SEO. SEMrush is your digital team member. Let's hit it off. Grab your free trial today and see measurable results. Go to bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash SEMrushMPN. Thank you for tuning in to the Business of Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Today, we have very, very special guest, Tony Garnaccia. Tony and I have been working together for a minute now, and it's amazing what Tony's doing with the podcast guesting industry. We're going to get into a little bit of what you can expect, you know, in the next couple of months from Castosity. You know, I'm really excited for you guys to get this update. And if you are looking to grow your podcast, you're looking to grow your business using podcasting. You got to check out Castosity. I have a link down in the description box down below where you can go and start your free trial. You're listening to the business of podcasting. And on this show, we focus on the money side of podcasting. Some of the top industry experts come on the show to tell us how they have monetized their shows. This means you get access to real stories and real life strategies that have benefited podcasters for the last 10 to 15 years. You also get access to solo content where you learn how to monetize your own show and you learn really in-depth strategies to make money from your podcast. So if you want to monetize your podcast, subscribe now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the business of podcasting. Today, we got a very special guest. When I say special, I actually mean special. Um, This guy and I have worked together for a couple of years now. It's been some time, man. We worked on a couple of podcast products and went to some events together. We've shared a hotel room at this point, man. So Tony is somebody close to me, man. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Real pleasure to be here. And like I said, uh, even more special giving who's hosting. So yeah, man, I'm excited to talk about uh, Castosity's day and where it has come because it's been Man, it's been almost what three years now. It's been some time to just building the product out and testing it in the market and going to events and stuff. So before we get too deep into that, I kind of got some other questions I want to ask you first. So, you know, let people know a little bit more about your background. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in small business. Uh, my, te- my dad had a, a small Italian bakery, uh, amazing baker. Unfortunately, didn't know what he didn't know about growing a business. And so at the age of 12, lost everything, lost the house, lost a car, had to give up my dog uh, to my sister and uh, really ended up moving into my oldest sister's basement. So it was a really challenging time 
that kind of set the foundation of who I wanted to become and what I wanted to do, uh, which today is really to, you know, democratize marketing is, is the term I, I coined, which is to bring really the strategies, tools, and tactics of the best companies to small business. And so what happened was when I was in college, I went to college for entrepreneurship, of course, uh, and started one of the first online bakeries. And, you know, I graduated uh, and thought I was hot stuff because the business started off pretty well. <laughs> we worked with Jeffrey Lopez and Jay-Z, uh, did cakes uh, for big corporate clients like Microsoft and IBM. And I thought, wow, I'm hot stuff. And then I learned that I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I lost everything a second time, had to move into my other sister's basement. Uh, and the worst part was I was new mar newly married with a baby on the way. And so I said, hey, this isn't working. I got to learn from like who knows like how to actually run a business. And that's why I said to work with the best, you got to, you know, be the best, you know, to, or I'm sorry, to be the best, you have to work with the best. And so I went on a 10 year journey to work with companies like Google and Ford and ADP and uh, basically a dozen Fortune 500 companies and uh, 10,000 small businesses. And that's why I started agency to learn why I, you know, the best cup uh, to teach what the best companies do. And then really, with the guy idea to bring that into software, which is kind of where we end, landed today because I know podcasters struggle with marketing and monetization. So I wanted to kind of bring that insight into this community. Man, I, I love that you've had that journey of like actually working with real businesses, working with people and stuff. I know people are going to have this question uh, and to go back into your history a little bit, what was it like to actually work with Jay-Z? Like what was that experience? Yeah, so it was interesting because what happened was when I was, um, I, I launched the product at the New York Incentive Show and we won Best New Product and amazing big companies came up to work with us. Companies well-regarded, uh, everything from, uh, gosh, huge publishers, huge corporate clients. One of them had to be one of the managers for Jay-Z. And she's like, I absolutely love this. You know, can we, can we launch this? Uh, and so I ended up doing some cakes and cookies for him. Uh, and at the time he was launching, this was well before social media was really established. He wanted to, uh, we were going to do, he was opening uh, online, like kind of social network, like a club, like an exclusive club. And we were talking about different ideas of how to incorporate that into, into the product. And so it was interesting because wow. I had like personal photos for him. I got to know his manager. It's kind of wild. Man, that's, that's an experience. And I, I think stuff like that just naturally happens when you're doing good at whatever you do, you know, you kind of just run into the best people. Um, and I remember you telling me about working with Google, um, you know, in terms of YouTube in the very, very, very early stages. That right there to me is mind blowing because of what YouTube is now. Like I have YouTube premium and the fact that you could watch endless videos for a lifetime and never run out of content it's kind of absurd so what was it like to be in that room with youtube and they're like look we're gonna have users here we're trying to go do this and we're trying to do that what was that part like yeah it was interesting because this i go away back a ways with google i launched google radio which doesn't even exist today <laughs> uh, but it's where you could buy radio advertising very expensively which kind of you know was a precursor to what people are trying to do now with podcasts if you think about it so i was super early in on that uh, but also early on in YouTube. So shortly after YouTube was acquired by Google, uh, I used to go to the headquarters quite often. I remember sitting in a room and then literally begging people to like post content to YouTube and saying how it'd be <laughs> this huge thing. Everybody would be doing it. I'd be like, yeah, right. You know, no big deal. 
And so, you know, nowadays, of course, everyone's begging to put their content on there. And the other interesting thing was I piloted YouTube ads. And so it was very similar because YouTube just rolled out this product and, you know, it was kind of, it was a bad product. It was like, you know, you had to basically put a banner ad on, on top of YouTube. There wasn't a call to action. There wasn't really any way for someone to buy. I was like, you know, what use is this advertising on YouTube? It doesn't really do much. But what I learned over the years worth working with Google and actually building some software, actually, this is a whole other tangent, but I actually built some software with Google uh, a way back. And what I learned is they always release products that kind of look really bad, but really to kind of get the feedback from the market as quickly as possible. And so that's what I learned is just like release things, see how people react, uh, react to it. If, it is, if it's a winner, then perfect it down the line. And so even on, you know, early on, you know this, with like Castasi and everything else, first version was like, what the heck is this thing? It's, it doesn't have any mess. It doesn't make sense. But that is how the best companies launch. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree, man. That's, I think that that's the best way to do it um, is to just get it out there because you'll have a lot of people giving you feedback. I think if you wait too long, then you kind of can miss the market too, where people have no interest in it, they don't really care anymore. And you kind of run yourself into um, like your own dead end. I think a lot of startup founders are doing that right now. When I look at Twitter, I see that all the time where people are talking about putting dark mode on their app or whatever, which is fine, whatever you want to do. Uh, but I think if it's going to slow you down in terms of launching, it's just the worst thing you can do. So yeah. where is Castosity now? Like, What's the big purpose of Castosity right now? Yeah, so it's interesting because early, and you know this because we kind of discussed this very early on. You were one of the first people to see it. I mean, we kind of started down the route of planning. Like, how do you plan a podcast? How do you do, you know do that? And then we looked at other options. Like, okay, how do you market? How do you automate that? But really, at the end of the day, I think the biggest pain point because you always want to serve when you launch a product. Really, the biggest pain point. And a lot of times it's obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. But in this space, it's pretty obvious podcasters and guests for that matter really struggle to monetize and so what we're doing is we're releasing a bunch of different solutions to help podcast interviews that's really the other focus is instead of just any podcast we're really focused on the podcast interviews which represent about 30 percent of the market uh, and helping monetize those the first product we're, we're releasing is called podcast one sheet which helps you automate the creation of your one sheet uh, which as you know is kind of like your resume but for getting podcast interviews. And so we create a system yeah. to help take that uh, one sheet, automate it, figure out more importantly, the one sheet's great, but what do you actually put in the one sheet, which is your messaging, helps you with your messaging. And finally, how do you monetize through this? Uh, so there's a way to incorporate your offers. And what's really nice about it is it's modular. So just because you put your offer there, it's not just the one sheet, that offer can then go into a directory, that offer can then go into social media posts. So it's really kind of a repository for holding your messaging. But yes, part of that is I have now one sheet that can be tailored for every podcast I want to pitch. Man, that is so genius. That is so genius. Uh, so I think the podcast guesting space has grown in this way that most people would describe as toxic, right? Like if you want to be a guest, you go and pay one of these platforms and then they just spam podcasters all the time with a templated message that I've had people email me about podcasts that I don't even host anymore, that I don't even, they don't even exist, but people still yeah. reach out. And 
the worst part is when I do get the one sheet and it's just not informing, it's not really helpful. So I love that you've incorporated a one sheet that can be updated over and over again. Because if I if if they, if they have to go back and over and over again, go see a designer, or even even them themselves open Photoshop and update their, it's just too much. That's exhausting. As somebody that uses Photoshop and stuff, I don't want to do that a lot. That's that takes too much energy. Not only that, but the problem is with most one sheets, how do you incorporate video? Or you as a podcaster, when you get this pitch, chances are you're on your phone. So when you get that PDF or that graphic, is it mobile friendly? And so these are all kind of problems inherent with the one sheet uh, that we want to fix. Yeah, see, and that that just saves time. And then adding the offers in is a big deal because podcast guests want to make money. You know, and a lot of podcast guests right now are spending on average between, I think it's like $1,500 and $2,000 a month to be on other podcasts, which is kind of absurd if... You think about it. That it doesn't really make any sense if you're not making any money from it. You know, getting the attention and getting your name out there is cool, but there are so many other ways you could do that. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit more about the offers. What kind of offers should a podcast guest be using to really capitalize with Castosity? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the basic principle with an offer is it's got to be easy to consume and, and quick as well to, to, to consume. So quick and easy. And the reason why is because you want your audience to take action. And so you want your, your message to naturally extend from your interview into your, your offer. And the way I think about it is it's like a continuum. So at the end of the day, you are selling transformation. And so you want to take your, get, your, your, your listeners from where they are today to their desired future self, which is transformation. Your message is how you communicate that. But you also have to think in terms is it's there's stages to it. And so on an interview, you want to solve kind of at the highest level, uh, but kind of scratch, you know, get them to scratch that itch. So you kind of create that itch. So you solve a small problem on the podcast interview and then they have a bigger problem. And so your offer should then extend to that next level of pain that they have that they want to solve. And then from there, once they engage with your offer, uh, then they should have a bigger problem they want to solve it even be, you know, beyond that, which would be kind of your high ticket offer. And so, for instance, as an example, we can talk about this now. I have a free version of the software. What will help you with is getting booked on podcasts, for instance. That might be a problem that you, you might have as a listener. And so I would say, hey, go to you know, the website, Podcast One Sheet, download it. People go and download it. That solves the same pro- a small problem. But then they're probably thinking, yeah, I'm getting on these podcasts, but I'm not actually making money. So maybe then I might have a course that says, okay, here's how you can monetize that. And it's, maybe it's a low ticket course, and that might be $47 or something, or, or even $7. And then beyond that, I might have high t- I'm not doing this. This is just an example. But hmm. I might have high ticket consulting say, look, if you want me to actually work with you to coach you as a guest and, and uh, you do all these amazing things, get your brand out there. Uh, get your, you know, your sales ramped up, your offers, and that's, you know, $3,000, whatever. The, but the point is you, your offer has to solve a problem at the stage they're at. Yes. Yes. Serving them where they are. I learned that the hard way. Um, try to make every podcaster at the top looking for sponsors. And the reality is not every podcaster wants to get sponsored for right. some podcasters. I think the best thing they could do is what you're talking about is being a guest on other shows 
and sell through other podcasts because yeah. you know the other shows have listeners, they have an engaged audience. And if your show is tiny, you being on other shows is going to help your show grow as well. So wow. it's this unique system where both people can grow when you're a guest on a podcast. Now, one thing I will say, and I want your perspective on this. I think more podcast guests need to be prepared, meaning oh, yeah. they know what they're going to talk about, what stories they're going to tell, what key points they want to get across to the audience. Do you think Castosity will help podcasters prepare for interviews a lot better? Yes, absolutely. Because kind of the approach I took to the market is, yes, people need one sheets. And I think we're really one of the unique solutions for doing that. But what's even more important that then the one sheet itself is what goes in it. And the reason being is because your impact, the impact I can make on you, on your listeners, is directly correlated to how well I'm communicating my message. If I have, I mean, you know, I might, I say this all the time, I might have the cure to cancer. If I can't communicate and get that message out, then it's not going to be impactful. And then secondly, if I can't spread that message far and wide, not going to be impactful. So the approach I took to the software was not just solving the first level issue, which is getting my exposure out there in a form that can be consumed easily in the form of a one sheet, but also what's going in it. And to do that, I took my 20 plus years of marketing experience and personal branding and communications and marketing messaging and created templates, tools, systems, and trainings that helps the average person come up with amazing content without spending tens of thousands of dollars with a consultant. I love that because most people don't really know that messaging part. That's kind of a gap for most podcasters in general, and especially the guests. And I think when you teach them about messaging and how to deliver that message, it also puts that as a something as something that's on their priority list. It becomes important because if not, they're only focused on making money and trying to sell stuff. And I've had those guests where the content is terrible because they talk about themselves, don't give anything valuable. And at the end of the show, it's just like, they just told five stories. And nobody got anything from that. And let's be real. Most people aren't good enough storytellers or they're not celebrities. So people don't even care about their stories. So right. you, you have to be really methodical when you're being a guest on these podcasts. And well, and I think a lot of it comes down to mindset. And I should have mentioned this before, but in terms of that funnel, like I mentioned about meeting people where they're at and having different offers, at the end of the day, there's an exchange. And so what I'm doing here is I'm exchanging people's attention, meaning they're listening to this, hopefully. Uh, and in exchange for that, they're getting some valuable content. The next level beyond that is there's an exchange for contact information for even more valuable contact. So maybe I have a checklist or some kind of guide or a free version of the software. In exchange for that, they give me their email address, their phone number, et cetera. And then the last level, which is the biggest transformation, which might be coaching, uh, there's an exchange of a result. So they wanted to get that end transformation I mentioned before, a result, and that is typically an exchange for money. And so you always have that continuum at the top of the funnel, exchange of, of valuable uh, you know, resources for attention. Then you go from contact information to more valuable information. And finally, to an end result, which is usually exchange with money. I love it, man. Really, really simple, simple process you got lined out. I think it's going to help a ton of podcast guests. Where can people go to, can they try it out or should they go join your list? What's the next step? Yeah, so I, I try to practice what I preach. So uh, there's an awesome trial. So we actually have a completely free version of the software. Anyone's uh, you know able to try it out. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna have the link in the in the show notes. So uh, you'll put that there. And then 
Beyond that, uh, there's a, a, a paid trial, or not even a paid trial. You uh, put your credit card in, and you get access to the full version of the software, which gives you more exposure, more branding, uh, more of everything. And that's a 14-day completely free trial. And there's also some awesome bonuses bundled into this. Like, how do you do messaging? So I literally took the best stuff I used from my agency for 10 years, the templates, the systems, the processes, and threw that into the software because I want people to get ridiculous value by, by playing with us. I love it, man. I love it. Tony, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. I had a great time today. It's always great to, to chat with friends. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Amy Rosenberg hosts a great podcast called PR Talk. Amy, tell us what these fine folks will get when they listen. So we interview thought leaders and sometimes the media to not only learn about our jobs better, but to expand into new areas that tie in well with PR. But we also explore kind of what we think is more interesting. So things like work-life flow, diversity, equity, and inclusion and just broader topics like that. Very interesting. Where can people subscribe? We're at prtalk.co, marketingpodcast.net, or you can search for PR Talk wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.